guys. This is um, season two of the House Must Be Full podcast. Um, I'm really excited to have my next guest on again. She's a longtime friend of myself and also like a highly regarded guest of the podcast. You got great reviews. Stop. Oh, my God. Really? Yeah, you did. I was really nervous. You You have a tough crowd. And you're also like, I have legit people on my podcast this season and your episode is one of the ones I send to them to show I'm legit whoa okay so you're like part of my resume right now yes a letter person i love it i this has never happened to me before i'm just very honored oh i'm so excited okay so um this episode we're gonna talk about um season seven episode eight it's called another opening another no show but you'll know that's the one where jesse and kim get locked in a closet and jesse comes down on a disco ball that's how i made my mind yeah this episode was weird. <laughs> like, it was weird, but also, it's like one of the episodes I re- remember like most clearly. Or it's yeah. the most like, I don't know, I don't know, it's a clear episode in my mind. I definitely remember like, it. It's like Jesse was great. Danny's oh. acting weird. Danny's so weird. It's like a, they're in the one, it's like a, it takes place in one day and that's kind of rare for them. I don't know, it's, it's. It is. It's, it's like one episode. day and one set basically which is like so weird for them it's called a capsule episode when that happens capsule bitch you better come on film school gotta use it somehow this is the only way i use it girl i love it um thank you for having me back by the way no i'm saying i feel like i thought about this like i obviously it's like on my list i have like a list of like top tier episodes to discuss and i like matched this one with you because like i feel like you would appreciate it because Most. I have been stuck in the closet at some <laughs> Stuck in a closet. <laughs> uh, no. Um, I, there were like, like we discussed, this is like a pretty straightforward in terms of plot, but also so much to unpack here. Oh, yeah. Like, it, this, uh, there's a lot that we'll get Let's into. Let's get started. Let's just start because I'm going to get into it. Yeah. So, um, first of all, did you catch that the name of the episode is a reference? To Kiss Me, Kate, the music. Oh, yeah. Another opening, another, another show. show. Yeah. I, it took me, I mean, I had to Google it to find out how I knew it, but I was very confused. as like, wait, I was like, I know this, I know this, and I could not place it. And yeah, it's Broadway. I can't remember what year it was in Springer Academy, by the way. If you haven't, if you don't know, we, me and Jen went to theater camp together. And I can't, I don't know if this was the episode, this song, what year this song what year I learned this song, but I know I did a dance with it. There was a dance that went on with it. Oh, for sure. Of course. I mean, yeah, obviously, but I, it was like in my early days. It was before I went to like the four week program. Yeah. I, I only know that song from kiss me, Kate, I believe. I'm sure it must've been like performed that season, like the real season. Cause they do that where they like, they'll like, yeah, maybe later on, whatever year kiss me, Kate was at the springer was when we had to learn it at camp yeah i'm looking over the other songs on here and nothing is coming to mind so <laughs> whatever anyway so yeah the, the, oh, yeah, the fun fact was a reference to kiss me kate i'm just wondering who in the writer's room was like oh man cole porter fans are gonna love this one like i mean this whole like the whole jesse's whole vibe is vintage but kind of new like he has a very dated sense of aesthetics but he's yeah. trying to make it 90s slash modern. 
I could dig it. Yeah. Um, so how did you feel about this very random cold opening? I feel like they, for some reason, they wanted it to take place and like really quickly. And so like the setup was like he was doing accounting work for his business, which why would you do that? As Jesse, who didn't graduate high school. Accounting like, is hard as fuck. Have you taken an accounting class? It's not the same as balancing a checkbook. Like you would yeah, think. Yeah, I know. Be. Shit is hard. I mean, um, it's a sign. It was also like, obviously up until you get to the very last, maybe minute or two of the episode is the only part of the episode that took place in the house. Yeah, yeah. So I think um, for some reason they wanted, they didn't want to start at this, at the club. So it was just like him doing accounting in the living room with like an old time calculator. We'll get to that. And then his twins are like just playing on him and he can't focus on work. Yeah. And then take my only takeaway from that scene was that like my mom used to work in the city hall of the town I lived in in Russell County. Um, mm-hmm. And she had she had that calculator, like the super like big and like loud. Like, oh, yeah. Like, printed receipts and I used to play on it oh yeah <laughs> of course you like took that outside and sold your lemonade and like yeah and I was a cashier. obviously it's only right you know <laughs> that's, yeah that's the only thing I t- why what do you think of that cold open because I was like we're just trying they're just killing time basically with that one yeah I feel like they were just giving us this setup when you very much could have like started the scene already at the club and he's like pacing nervous about opening. I think night. they were trying to like s- show as many examples of Jesse being frazzled as possible. Uh, he's trying to work in the family's getting in his way. That's the whole theme of episodes of the family getting in his way. No, but yeah. also he's needs help. Hello. He's in denial. That's fair. That's fair. I can relate to that. I like never ask for help. I mean, literally today at work, I somehow swallowed something down the wrong way and almost died, was crying, tears coming out of my eyes. And I was like, I'm okay. I'm yep. okay. Oh, yeah. Same. Like, That's like my answer. Whenever I do like a job interview, they ask like, what's your weakness or something? I was like, well, I just don't ask for help. And that's legit. Like, I'll just take on too much and just like won't ask for help. Bitch, I'm about to steal that answer. What's your weakness? I always chalk it up to like, oh, I'm such a perfectionist. And like, you know, the like shit that they say, you shouldn't use this because everyone says this. Yeah, yeah. no, literally, I, that's, that is my weakness. I just don't ask for help. I don't ask for help. I have control issues. <laughs> yeah, it's like, uh, yeah, yeah. I love it. Your Delegation is a skill. Delegation is a skill, honey. Hello. Oh, man. I, Jesse I have- needs to learn that. I think yeah. that's the moral of this episode. Jesse needs to learn delegation as a skill. Yeah, like some people have to understand, like, you're the idea guy. You don't necessarily need to carry it out. You're the idea guy. It's like successful you songwriters. You are reading me right now. Bro, it's like successful songwriters who decide all of a sudden that they want their own singing career. Like Carrie Hilson, sit the fuck down and write songs for other people. What are you doing? That's me because I feel like I'm an ideas person, like creatively. Like I have a lot, of, but I just take on like literally with this podcast. Like I do everything myself when I don't have to. My therapist is trying to get me to hire people. Well, yeah, because it's your baby. Like you want to see it through. I totally get that. I think a lot of people are like that. And if it's like if you don't care, whew, then it's like it's mess for sure. But also, like if you like take on if you take it too far, like he can it can become mess because you're you're doing everything mediocre. Yeah, and we don't do that. If my name is on it, it will not be half ass. Mm-hmm. And it won't be. It just won't be released to the public. That's obviously how Uncle Jesse is. 
which is oh, that makes me love him even more. So we can skip to the next scene um, or the next part where Danny comes in. Um, he's testing coffee brew for the club, and he is tweaking out. I said this tweaking is Danny on coke. I, he... I, oh my god, stop! I wrote that. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I think I'm not sure about Danny, but I'm pretty sure Bob Saget was like, let me just get into character. Oh yeah, he knows because Bob Saget definitely knew how to how to act or how to behave to sell this performance. Yeah, for sure. He was like, let me just you know method act a little bit here. Yeah, <laughs> run was like Danny. Danny wasn't there. Danny was gone. <laughs> Bob. <laughs> Bob was there. That was Doctor Fun. That was like his party alter ego. Hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah. He's tweaking. There's like a sight gag with Jesse holding down his leg. Like like it's like a playfully homoerotic moment where Danny's tweaking, his knee shaking, and Jesse straddles him with his leg. And then Joey mm-hmm. comes in. It's like, oh, don't do that without me. <laughs> <laughs> they like to do that a lot. They have to, like to be playfully homoerotic. Um, yeah. I mean. So yeah. Let's be Danny's. Real. Men do that all the time. But especially in the 90s, I feel like that was a thing in the 90s, especially. Hey, 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 hey! I have been tasting coffee all day, and I think I have come up with the perfect brew for the Smash Club opening, okay? Oh, here's the bill for the coffee beans. <laughs> I think all this coffee tasting has got you a little wired. Now listen, I got everything riding on the club tonight, okay? So I need you to be calm, cool, and collected. Everything's got to click like clockwork, got it? Clicking like clockwork. Clickety-clack, clickety-clack, calm, cool, collected, clickety-clack, down the track. Pardon me, boy. Is that Chattanooga choo-choo? Track 29. Again, you give me a shine. Hey! Calm, 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 please. Okay. 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 Feeling better now? Yeah. Good. Your head is starting to go. Let me just... Sorry. What did I tell you guys about dancing without me? So, two things. Joe, Danny's in charge of coffee, and he's sort of showing cracks in that whole scenario. And then Joey was in charge of getting the band, and he said it's mm-hmm. like R.E.M., which seems like a win. Yeah, R.E.M. was a huge band. Aware of R.E.M. I- at that time? Like, how young were you when you learned about R.E.M.'s existence? Uh, that was like literally a situation where you just kind of grow up and hear about them. They were like around the, um, the like Nirvana phase era, I guess. Um, but obviously like, I mean, somebody is going to like come after me on this one, but there's, they were not as big as Nirvana, but like that would be the sort of thing that you, you know, put on your playlist along with smells like teen spirit. So, but R.E.M. was actually from um, Athens. Did you know this? Someone, um, Izzy's cousin, she said, Meredith is staying with me, Izzy's cousin, and she told me that. Fun That's fact. That's crazy. Yeah, um, I had no idea they were from around here, but um, they were, uh, like, they were really big, for sure. Like, don't get it twisted. Um, I have no idea uh, if I even know any of their songs, to be honest with you. And... Say what? Is that was Whippet one? Of, it must have been one of their songs. Whippet was one of their songs. Oh, was it? Or was it Devo? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Anyway, I know I about REM because of VH1. Like when we got VH1, it was in third grade. Mm-hmm. That's when I started seeing their videos. Ah, oh, okay. Fun fact. I'll give it to you. Man on the Moon. Yeah, I know that. Yeah, I see. We're, there's a few that we're going to know here. Um, Losing My Religion. Oh yeah, yeah. 
I feel like I should get into them because I feel like they're good, like writing or like reading, chilling out, doing my skincare routine music. Yeah. It's, you know, one of those like sad boy moments. I love that. It. Yeah, I love a sad boy vibe. Um, yeah, so Joey says he secures R.E.M. to come perform at the Smash Club. And everyone's like, oh, Joey, you the man, you the man. Meanwhile, Joey looks like the good guy because Danny can't get his shit together. Speaking of Danny, um, I wrote I wrote a note that like Danny is doing some good background work slash active listening. Like if you go back and look at like... Bob Saget and now he's listening to Jesse and Joey talk he's just very like into it and like reacting to everything they say I feel like he's like doing good character work when he just like is he still twitching yeah <laughs> that's funny <laughs> I didn't yeah I didn't notice that um however it is weird though that Jesse is like opening this nightclub that's like a music venue but the focus here is around coffee. Yeah, because they can't do liquor. I was about to say, I like, I get it that it's a kid's thing. show. Yeah, they but... have to think about. But honestly, in tracks, because I was saying, like, whenever I give up drinking or, like, cut down drinking, I switch to cold brew. Because mm-hmm. it's the same. It's the same reaction for me. Or, like, it gives me the same, like, confidence <laughs> as drinking okay. does. I get it. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it would have been more convincing if, like, the vibe of the place. I'm wondering if Coffee House was a thing back when this came out. Because, oh. like, if you obviously went down that avenue and made it like a cool coffee house where somewhere in, somewhere like REM would believably play, <laughs> then mm-hmm. maybe I would like buy it more. But this shit is literally a nightclub, like neon signs and a disco ball, and like it, it is a club. Yeah, and I think shows it's it's very confused. I feel like Jesse's character is kind of confused because he's like a mix of like family man, but a bad boy. Yeah, I don't know. He's confused. I think it sort of reflects him accurately, I guess, which is confused. I feel like. Do you feel like Aunt Becky was ever insecure in their relationship? (laughs) (laughs) I I think. I'm she was really invested in this working out. Like she was kind of like really like if this fails, we fail kind of vibe. Truly. Yeah, I dig. Um yeah, that's pretty much all that happens in the house, really, is them talking and them like setting up you're in charge of this for tonight, you're in charge of that. Um and then like the literal the next scene is the rest of the episode, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jesse shows them a new Smash Club, and it's like it's a vibe that's sixties slash nineties, which mm-hmm. doesn't make sense. It doesn't. Those are two very opposite eras. I was laughing at the fact, you know, how I always come back to the fashion choices, but um, Aunt Becky is in this cold shoulder dress again, which the last mm-hmm. episode that we covered, she was in a cold shoulder. She loves a cold shoulder. She does. Um, I can't even like look at her the same after everything that has. I know. Happened. Yeah. It's, I block that out. I just feel like <laughs> it's like, it's like Kanye. You have to like separate the artist from the work and be like, all right, can I fuck with this? Yes or no? It de- yeah, it depends on the person. Well, yeah, Kanye is probably a bad example because I can no longer separate. I can no longer. I just no, can't. ma'am. I, just feel, no. I can look at, well, now I know, yeah, I know. I can look at Rebecca Romaine and. 
it's like me and John Mayer. Like I have heard plenty of horror stories about his past, but I still love him. Yeah, same. Love you so much. I'm like, He's yeah, obviously listening to this. So, um, <laughs> yeah. I so I, I wrote. I meant um, Lori Loughlin. Wait, what? I said Rebecca Romaine, but that was John. Oh, Seymour. I didn't Why? even catch that. That's so yeah. funny. Uh-huh, Rebecca Romaine. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I had a note about her cold shoulder moment, and then I also fucking Kimmy Gibbler. Oh, Kimmy in the best. <laughs> Kimmy. <laughs> I, my question was like, best, yes or no? Girl. Were you ever invest in, into best? Well, I had a moment with this like denim vest. I had honestly, I'm gonna be real with you. I think I had two or three different denim vests, and we're not talking like a long time ago. We're talking like early college, and <laughs> I, I wore the shit out of them vests. And <laughs> you know, I probably looked put together with this one outfit I specifically wore it well, with. What is about vests that take over your entire wardrobe? Wherever you become a vest person all of a sudden, and then you're not. Yeah, a vest is a, is a personality choice, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like, like, you bangs. like you go through a bang phase or you go through a vest phase. And I know people are listening to this like, what are you talking about? Like this or what? But think about everyone you know that owns a fucking North Face vest or a Patagonia vest. They oh are God. all named Chad and they all have a Roth IRA. Like, can they have khakis? Yeah, totally. Khakis, for here, they probably live in Jersey. <laughs> Commute. Bridge and Tunnel. Um, yeah, Kimmy and DJ walk in and they're like supposed to be the waiters at the Smash Club and they're both wearing the, I guess the vest is part of their uniform, but Kimmy has chosen to bedazzle hers. And where? I, yeah, I'm not mad at it. I bedazzled everything as a child. And honestly, Kimmy should have patented that bedazzler tool that you could like buy at Toys R Us because... Oh, you're that's so true. She was an an icon, a true innovator. Ahead of her time. She really was. So I definitely did that, like, later on. Like, I got one of those things and, like, messed up my clothing. Like, oh, ruined. No. Yeah. Perfectly good sure. clothing. Well, because it needed, it was missing something. It needed scribbles. It needed jewels. <laughs> <laughs> See, we can understand. But this fucking vest. So those are the first two vests of the episode, though. You don't understand how much of a a vest moment we're about to go on. And this is just like the beginning. It's a ride. It's a a journey. But that... I literally wrote at some point, like, oh, holy fucking shit. There's another vest. <laughs> my notes just say, oh, my God, another vest. I love a vest. It was such a thing. Um, so that that part of the scene is just, like, them, like, amping up the idea that the family is messing him up. Like, he's, like, getting more and more testy with them because Danny can't figure out the cappuccino machine, which looks like a robot. It was, like, um, that robot from Doctor Who. Oh, yeah. I was going to say R2-D2, but uh, yeah, for sure. Like a mix of those two. It was, so he can't figure that out. Who could? Um, Michelle and Stephanie are messing with the sound equipment, which I would be angry at that because I have like good sound equipment. If someone touched it, I'd be really mad. Hello. Also, Stephanie is in a vest. Oh, yeah. I will say Stephanie, vest. Is, Stephanie is again serving us a look. She's in this like olive shorts and matching vest combo. It looks like it's velvet or something. I'm not really sure. But like her vest has like three bows that tie all the way down. And then she has this like orange 
shirt, short sleeve shirt with ruffles around the sleeves and the collar. She, yeah, her her pants are like high waisted and um, wide. She's leg. giving us texture, yeah, like, layers, uh, patterns, shapes, silhouettes, if you will. She's serving. She's giving us a look. Um, yeah, so that was obviously our third best. Um, they're basically, you know, just again, like you said, kind of establishing that like it's all gonna fall on Jesse's shoulders because the rest of the family can't get their shit together. Yeah, and then because the big moment is like REM, the that Joey's REM shows up. Mm-hmm. Jo- Joseph, Joseph, my the man that brought me REM. You know, I'm starting to think you're the only guy I can count on around here. Well, hold that thought. Uh, there's been a little mix-up. Kind of mix-up. Oh, hi, girls. Oh, listen, the uh, the bingo hall is down the street. Uh, Jess, actually, I'd like you to meet uh, Renee, Esther, and Martha. Get it? R-E-M. <laughs> What's up, darling? Hi, girls. So nice to yeah. meet you. Excuse me one second while I speak to my friend Joseph. Joseph? Jess, I'm really sorry. I mean, what are the chances of two groups having the same name? What are the chances of my whole night being ruined? I'd say pretty good. <laughs> Ladies, um, and it's three women. And they're, like, I looked up the trio. They're a real trio of, like, musician triplets called yeah. the Rio triplets. Okay, I thought I was tripping. They've made a ton of TV appearances. They've been on the Golden Girls, PB's Playhouse. They were, like, a thing in the 90s. Um, And plus, like, even before the 90s, they were, like, on, like, actual variety TV shows in, like, the 60s. (laughs) I'm just dying because... It's like, it's these three old women that come in. He's like, uh, this is R.E.M. And R.E.M. is supposed to, like, uh, symbolize the first initial of their names. Yeah. And I, in my notes, it just says R.E.M. is apparently short for the Golden Girls. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny because they were on the Golden Girls. That's so funny. Um, Yeah. So they come in and I thought I was tripping for a minute because they all looked the same to me. And I was like, I'm, that's. I'm being offensive. What triplets were for a second? Well, no, I couldn't tell if they really were triplets or like if I was just imagining that. You know what? You don't often see like older triplets. Hello, exactly. My kindergarten teacher was a twin and it like freaked me the fuck out. I was like, hold on now. I don't know anyone over like eight with a twin. Like Like, after you turn 10, you stop being a twin. Yeah. I guess because you, you just think that you're gonna like establish your own life and you know maybe move i don't fucking know (laughs) you leave the house one has to leave i would think that a twin would like want to just like be an individual but also i mean that's that twin shit where who knows maybe they like live together in a compound with both of their families and shit i don't don't know that happens a lot because i feel like i'm close to my sister and we're a few years we're only two years apart and we're close but can you imagine like being born like months or like at the same time as someone you like are super close to them for some reason i feel like Mm. i would like to live near my sister but not I like together. Twin, it would be more extreme. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah, I feel like that would be a very competitive and like toxic relationship. Obviously, like you love each other very much, but like at what degree is it's it? It's dependency. Yeah, it is. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. But um, yeah, shout out to all the twins. <laughs> you guys. Uh, Hope you're okay. Um, you can be yeah, your own person. So, 
I was fucking dying though at these old women. Um, so obviously Joey drops the ball that these um REM is short for the Golden Girls, like I said, and it's just all downhill from there. Um also in this moment, <clears throat> I have a note that the tailoring of Jesse's suit is a problem. But he looks great. Um I disagree. I feel like I'm not, oh never mind, I'm biased. But I feel like it's like weirdly baggy and it, is. it was a different time. So maybe maybe that's what I'm not taking into account. I'm like, this suit doesn't clearly not fit you. Like maybe I've been watching too much of it or too close because I feel like it's like, oh, this is good for that time. It's amazing. And actually yeah. fit it for the time. I'll give you that because you know, when you go way, way back in the day, obviously the like really fitted like super tailored narrow thing was a look and then it did get a little like naturally wider and now we're back on this like oh my gosh i'm wearing kids clothes mm-hmm. um kids clothes um yeah. and then the next one is that the the napkins say smush instead of smash um he snaps at dj um and then he tells everyone to go away mm-hmm. he doesn't need their help yeah, and my he, question to you is like he he like officially loses it loses it on his family because he's like super stressed and they're like making it worse and like I was like, like do you have like that oh, your family where like they just push you? What I will say is like oh, our family, my family. I'm you know of course everyone comes from like good intentions, but we I wasn't always like raised having really difficult like really transparent conversations, you know, like my mom is like a little passive aggressive and will like intentionally lock up when you start to argue or you know and just be like, oh no, I'm fine, everything's fine. So like I try to be like really aware and like self aware of the things that I do that are like my parents and like their coping mechanisms specifically when it comes to like having difficult conversations. So um, yeah, I mean there have definitely been plenty of times where like they've been trying to help me with something and I'm sure coming from a good place but like we we don't have like (laughs) we don't all four of us have the communication skills to be like this is what I need and this is what you're not helping me with right now and what I need from you is to xyz you know so like it tends to kind of get to that like lashing out where Jesse is honestly um the only like example that I can really provide is like basically when I was going through like the worst part of my depression, um, maybe like three years ago or something now, I mean, I don't, whatever, irrelevant. Whenever this happened, like I was at home for a brief period of time and I must have just like gone home for the weekend or something. And I'm not entirely sure like what was going on, but for some reason I had to like take my car to get service or whatever. And you know, anytime you do like man type shit that your dad knows all about like all okay like you like can't tell him anything he knows the answer to everything like everything's right and like you're not even driving the car but somehow you have all the answers and I was just like pissed and frustrated and like probably overdue for my depression nap and I was just like lashing the fuck out and could not like find the words to say like this is too much for me right now like I can't I couldn't even say like, I can't do this. And like, I couldn't find a way to phrase like, this is how you could help me. 
<laughs> by leaving me the fuck alone. <laughs> like I couldn't even do that. So I can definitely see where Jesse's coming from because again, it comes back to like wanting to be able to control everything. And when you feel like things are spiraling beyond your control, you're like, this is my life. Like I can't let this like slip away from me. I have to control every aspect of it. And somehow like, I don't know how to, I don't know what is going to help me other than cloning myself. <laughs> yeah. Cause like, he doesn't have communication skills. And then most people don't. Cause I, I feel like I didn't have an example. I don't, I don't have one example of that because I feel like I have a control thing where like I need to control a lot of things. Especially when I was younger, like I needed to like control everything. And my, if my family did something that I didn't like, or like, didn't think was right. I would just get really angry and I didn't know how to use words. Yeah. So just like, I wouldn't like, I never, I never, I was too afraid to lash out, but I would just like get really mean to them. Like I wouldn't, it wouldn't like explode. It was just like, be like, just mean to them. And then like walk away, like check out basically. Um, Yeah. I mean, that's like, it, it does. It just comes back to control. Like ultimately, because I have those conversations like with my nephews too, where, the little one will be like, you'll be, I'll be talking to my sister or something. And he's like, I don't want you guys to talk. I want to talk to you. And I'm like, hold on. (laughs) I need you to, to just understand like, this is how it works. And you have to relinquish that control because you can't, this life is not a chess game for you anyway. (laughs) Like, yeah, I was thinking about like, cause like, I feel like a lot of the hardest part of being about being a teenager is that like you have no control like you're at the point where you feel like you have you have more yeah. knowledge about what's good or bad or right for you too. but like you have literally no control over it yeah so that's like a really frustrating time to like not being in control like that's why i think teenagers are so, are so moody because like they have no say in a lot of things that they know yeah. or like, feel super adamant about you're still living under like someone else's roof and uh, uh, trying to abide by their rules. And also like you don't have the context of even really understanding what being self-aware is and like being able to take a step back and put yourself in someone else's shoes and say like, wow, I'm being a total asshole right now. And this could all be avoided by me just saying like, Hey, I'm not trying to upset you and I'm not trying to hurt you. Like I'm under a lot of stress right now. And I apologize for lashing out at you like this. And it would really help me if you could do X, Y, Z. Like it's, it's hard to even like swallow that pill and take it. Yeah, it is. Even though like, yeah, no, now I'm older, I know how to do that. Like I'm, I'm definitely more aware of my feelings, but like just it's still hard saying sorry is like really hard yeah for sure Um, i mean yeah so jesse is in that moment and i could definitely relate where he's like i just have so much riding on this and there's so much weight on my shoulders and no one can help me it's like messiah complex you know like mm -hmm. only i can do this and i can't rely on anyone else and blah 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 um so yeah so that's how he goes into the closet you mentioned like the napkins are wrong like he goes into the storage closet to find these like custom napkins that he made and he does find them and come to find out he like the doorknob comes off so they get stuck in the closet which is probably Kimmy's wet dream I mean it's like all of our wet dream but I know it is oh that'd be so great but yeah so he like he goes in and he's like about to like frustrated crying he screamed and it turns out Kimmy's been in there um hiding from him basically or like removing herself from him because he like he insulted her best <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, right the best she like tries to hurry out and she yanks the door knob off and they're they're stuck and he does like the classic sitcom scream that goes into commercial break like he's he turns around solely and sees her like 
excited about the whole scenario. <laughs> Specifically ordered the smacks. Maybe Becky's right. Maybe I just need to let out a good. It's interesting, of course, that Kimmy is the one who breaks the doorknob and like not him, because, of course, like in all of these moments leading up to this until he gets to this like point of realization, he um, is able to blame other people for basically Mm -hmm. just like trying to help. But, you know, for making everything go wrong. (laughs) Side note, I also wrote down. I also wrote down where the fuck are the twins? They're the they're oh, right. the only ones missing from this. Yeah, and they're just at home alone with Comet right now. Right. Like, I mean, they don't even reference them. They normally will like mention, "Oh yeah, I'm so glad whoever could babysit," you know, something. So you're like, "Oh okay, sure." Yeah, because normally but, it would be like again, like, maybe Kimmy's babysitting or like Steve or I don't know, someone would be like, it would be like a thing. But like, yeah, they're alone. Comet's taking care of the kids right now. Comet is being an actual service dog right now, and he <laughs> does not get the appreciation that he deserves. Comet is my favorite Tanner. He dealt with so much. So he much did. In that house. Y'all put Comet through a lot of bullshit. I won't lie. <laughs> Poor Comet. That's why you ran away that one time. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I forgot. See, Comet was He's just like, I can't, I can't do this. It was, a, it was too much. Comet <laughs> <laughs> needed a break. Oh, my gosh. I cannot. Um, oh, God. Yeah, so they're um, stuck in this um, closet. And then... And then- it cuts to after the screen. It cuts to Danny tapping the bar because he's still coked up on the Girl. on the situation. And meanwhile, <laughs> while he's tapping, Becky's trying to put salt into the salt shakers, and she's just like super she's incompetent nice. about it. Because like it makes it, I feel it's hard because like Jesse's overreacting, but also they are really bad at what they're doing. Oh, terrible! But it's I also like higher professionals. I wonder though, like. <clears throat> what possessed him to go into this business because does he have any experience in anything like this does his family have any experience like yeah my he's sure. in his past my theory is because i smash club appeared in other episodes like he was like it's like the bar he used to play his band played at a lot like right, where right. he's like the, the big guy at the smash club and then it was going to close and he bought it but but you can hire somebody? My God. Yeah, and like, I feel like he's just kind of cl- trying to cling to like the one place where he's like the top dog. Because he's nowhere. He's I no one t- in San Francisco without the Smash Club. Damn. You know? Okay. That's true. He is no um, wake up. Wake up. No, that's, that's Becky. Um, 
she mentions though like so obviously they start to realize that he's missing and at, at first they don't realize they don't jump to any conclusions they're just like he'll be here he'll be here and becky mentions i totally forgot this but she mentions um this is the guy who went skydiving on his wedding day she's like he just copes with like stress in his own kind of way Ma'am, do you understand the swiftness with which I would carry Bradshaw that shit if you went skydiving on our wedding day and you were late to the altar? Like, it fucking oh, yeah. me. He's not, a, he's not okay. Jesse is running from a lot of things. And oh, she, I think she is just desperate to be with him. Or like, something's up with Becky to like put up with like living in, in the attic with him and his family. Like the stuff she puts up with with no actual reason why right because yeah if you do if you act that impulsively and like don't use your words ever no is it just the curse of like the handsome man who doesn't have to try and has had everything like handed to him like relationship wise because he is fine and doesn't have to put any effort into it oh yeah that's part of it he never had to like face his own demons ever that's a sad so so basically like we don't outgrow that i thought it was just kind of like a mid-20s thing you could i mean some people like there's an opportunity for you to do that one can only hope don't. <laughs> you can opt out you can opt out of doing that oh for sure unsubscribe to all <laughs> like and that's where i'm at right now and what's funny is like to watch this i mean and becky is still a bad bitch like if we remove Lori Lachlan mm-hmm. from you know whatever but at the same time too watching this like being older and like having a life perspective you're like "Mm, i gotta live with your whole family and your nieces and also i have to learn some sort of uh you know moral every episode that i do with you so like why am i doing this again no like what reason what do you offer what do you bring to the table yeah, what do you bring to the table? I'm the breadwinner. I'm putting food on the table. It wasn't until he started making those jingles that he was, like, contributing. Like, my God. So, yeah. And Becky just wanted the pipe. And, you know, hey, it, sometimes it'd be like that. So, I'm not mad at it. Do your thing. Go yeah, that's so sad because, like, you can go somewhere else for that. He's not the only one in San Francisco. San Francisco. Girl, get you one of these IT Get yourself men. a San Francisco treat. You don't, he's not the only one. Startup CEO. Like, I don't even know. Yeah, she's a catch. She has a t- she's on TV and she's with him in his attic. Right, like we're Becky. I think next episode is going to be about Becky because I need to like explore her situation more. Do a little character development there, mm-hmm. a little character breakdown. I'm here for it. Um, yeah, so she mentions that. I just thought it was like very funny. Um, but what happens next? Yeah. Jesse, um, Ber- Becky decides to open up without him. Like they're they're like, oh, they finally they finally notice that he's missing and Kimmy's missing, and then like Becky like makes an executive decision to open without him. Go on. Steve comes in with his college mm-hmm. friends that he all invited, and it's like a bunch of exchange students, like I think Swedish exchange students that are all like super Aryan and blonde and blue eyed. Steve is also wearing a vest. Oh, yeah, I noticed that, hysterical. too. But I wrote down, why the fuck is Steve BFFs with the Duke lacrosse team? And <laughs> then there was that mention of them being from Greenland. And I was like, oh, okay. Makes oh, sense. Greenland. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot. Of, that's too many kids from Greenland at once. And, of course, like, 
what's that? I want to get into that situation. How did Steve become friends with all of them? All the green exchanges? Because like, he can't talk to them. Is that why he's friends with them? Yeah, like, is he the ambassador? Shallow. Maybe they all play football? Or, like, maybe they do play lacrosse, and they're, like, it's, like, a sports, a jock thing. They're drugs. Yeah, maybe they do drugs together. Drugs transcend languages. I just want everyone to know. <laughs> just Steve drugs, kids. Um... <laughs> So then he yes, back to the the closet and Jesse's trying to escape with the, like a meat pounder thingy and a knife. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. The little meat tender. Like trying to take the hinges, trying to take the yeah. door off the hinges. And then Kimmy um, sort of, she is there, there's this moment where they acknowledge like the romantic element about it where Kimmy's like, oh, isn't it funny it'd be you and me here of all people? And like, Jesse's like, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I know you must have a crush on me. I don't blame you. And it's like, no, we're here with all these chips and no dip. Girl. Same. With all these chips and no dip. I felt that. That was a metaphor. That was meta- that's a metaphor. It so Jesse takes the, it. To have Jesse get humbled like that. Yeah, it's like, a, and then, but he uses it as an example to, it's like, oh, yes, he's, it's everyone else messing up. And this is like, just like the Smush Club. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You and I stuck here like this. <laughs> oh, Kimmy, Kimmy, Kimmy. Look, Kim, I, I know over the years you've uh, probably had a little uh, crush on me. <laughs> Get real. I meant we're stuck here with all these chips and no dip. <laughs> I know that. That. See, that's what I'm saying. Go dip. Where everybody's screwing up around here, I'm probably out of business already. Help! What's what's a smush club? That's what I'm talking about. Even the printer screwed up. I specifically wrote, clear as day on the order form, smash club. Is this your handwriting? Of course it's my handwriting. Yep, you're right. Clear as day. Smush club. <laughs> Who gets the blame for that one, Mr. Perfect? The pen? Well, as a matter of fact, yes, I was using one of Joey's uh, Yogi the Bear pins. It was so cute. It was the thing with Ranger Smith, and you turn it upside down, and his pants fall down. Okay, so I made one small mistake. Ooh, so even the boss makes mistakes. I guess the napkin's on the other foot now. Hey, Moose Man? And to me, after that, I was like, he self-sabotaged. He because did. there's no way like all this stuff is messed up and like you're not doing that because it's you also want to like play. perspective too right like you obviously can't control everything in general but there are definitely some moments of your life where you need where i think you'd probably be a little more um I don't know, give yourself like a little more leeway than others like it's like take people take brides on their wedding day like something is going to go wrong are you just going to enjoy the day and like marvel in the fact that you convince like convince someone to marry you? I was going to say that. So I just went with it. <laughs> or are you going to sit here and like get upset about a little ass detail that like your guests are not even going to notice? Like no one is going to note. No, no one is going to remember the napkin. Uncle Jesse, they're going to remember the time that they had at your club with um, the Golden Girls singing. Obviously, I feel that because I get really stressed out when I host 
my John C. Mose party. Like, seriously, whenever I like host people I can at my that. house, like I have all these like grand ideas. Cause I am a perfectionist. And I like have I visualize how I want it to go. And like, I just obsess about like where stuff is placed and like how it's like how it looks and like if people are having fun when they don't care at all. I definitely am, am like the same kind of way where I'm like, I want to prepare for, you know, hope for the best, prepare for the worst situation. But like when I'm in the thick of it, I have really gotten better about like just having perspective and like being grateful. Honestly, you taught me like a lot about that. So like I just try to enjoy myself and I'm like, if I'm enjoying myself and like these people are my friends, like they're going to enjoy themselves, you know? Oh, I need to take my own advice because I, when it comes to like hosting people, I just like it's hard for me to like relax into and just like, enjoy well, it. Cause yeah. I, because they're there, my friends are there for a reason because I love them I want to like be with them but also it's like I just like I think it's it's part of codependency where like I sort of put a lot of weight on other people's feelings and like it makes mm-hmm. it affect my feelings too like however they feel I have to feel the same way so see that's that southern woman shit like be you know listen to people be seen and not heard host someone have a glass of tea ready when they walk in yeah like literally yeah like i god it's i think i told you like whenever i hosted a podcast i used to like have a whole platter ready for people you'd have like snacks and like Like a a steam thing too like i had like a girl scout cookie like a bunch of girl scout cookies one time and like i cannot Ma'am, yeah. do you understand what people got when they signed up for my podcast? They got like a pre-roll and whatever I had in the fridge. So like kombucha and stale chips. Like, no. I'm learning <laughs> to relax. I'm getting there. Uh, I love yeah, it. Yeah, it's like, it's like breathing. It's being in the moment and just like, yeah, because I feel like he, Jesse needs to be proud about it. It's a big deal to yeah, like that. I open mean, a whole club. We can assume that this man has a business license and LLC. Like, you've clearly been to the courthouse several times to get your shit together. And you're going to let it all go to waste. Like, you're going to be up. You're going to spend your night opening night being upset because a napkin little things. Wrong and like, no one came for coffee. Like, no one came to that club to get coffee, for sure. Yeah. No one came to look at the napkins. Girl. Like, you're fine. Yeah, so... um. Basically, you know, he's having a moment in the in the um, storage closet. We go back to the club and we find out that a food critic is there and not just any food critic. It is. I don't know who the actor's name is, Vince but then Vince died. I was about when to say Vince Vince money. That's how I first heard about him. And also he did like the nasal or like the eye drop company. I was about to say, uh, my notes say for dry red eyes, try clear oh, eyes. Oh, yeah, right, right, yeah. And he was, yeah, and he was in Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Bueller. Bueller. Apparently he's, like, super conservative Republican now. Is like, he? Like, obviously so. Like, not in, like, yeah, he's very... I had no idea. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Well, he, I mean, honestly, he was perfect for this role of a food critic. Um, he's been perfectly cast in any role that he's ever played. Um, but it's such so a good Jay, truly, I mean, that's like a Fran Drescher, like, you know it anywhere you hear it voice. Um, 
So DJ is taking his order or like is explaining to him why his order is taking so long, I should say. And he's making it very clear. It's like established that he's like a really tough food critic. Like he just gave his own mother a really terrible score. Um, so the food critic is here. Like the, the, the stakes are just getting higher. The yeah. And Becky checks in on them and like, she loses it on him because she know, doesn't know who he is. Like DJ reels her back in. Um, when she finds out that like he's actually a food critic, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, everything is like they're trying their best, but it's not enough. Because <laughs> Joe was on, like she... earlier, Joe was on stage doing jokes and was bombing, <laughs> and they're just bombing. I love how Becky played it off though, because she like rips him a new one, and then when DJ tells her that that's the really tough food critic, she's like, "Thank you. That was a scene from the Hostess from Hell." Um, be sure to check out our next performance. Blah, blah, blah. I was like, I have to use that. I have to just like flip the fuck out on someone and be like, thank you. And scene. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. I, I, yeah. That's a great idea. I'm going to play a clip for that moment. You said some pretty horrible things about that place on Market Street. Yes. Well, mother lost her touch. <laughs> How is everything going here? I'd like to see the owner. <laughs> so would I. This club is a disgrace. Look, sir, it's opening night and we're having a few problems. A few? Listen, Buster, the owner is missing. We're a waitress short. All the instructions are in Italian and not one person has said they like my dress. <laughs> so if you're not happy here, you can just take your ponytail and I'll tell you what. Mr. Warner. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed that little scene from Agnes, hostess from hell. <laughs> it's part of a little theater group we have going here at the Smash Club. <laughs> so please, feel free to stick around for our second show. <laughs> it's a good rant and it's a good fix. Recovery. Then we're back again to the closet and Jesse is still feebly begging for help. And Kimmy's writing a note to the outside saying she's stuck with the egotistical hair craze maniac. <laughs> so she really is not feeling it. Like she actually is not into yeah, it she's at over all. It. it was not the wet dream she thought it would be. Exactly. He's too wound up too tight to like enjoy the moment. If you were more relaxed, it might be the pun, but no. Blue. Um and then they have like the first talk of the episode where like Jesse like says he's trying to be a good boss and Kimmy is like, no, well, if you're trying, good bosses don't go around insulting people and his clown comment actually hurt her feelings. Mm, um, yeah, about her vest. Yeah, like a moment where he realized that he's been a jerk. Yeah, he was, honestly. Help. Help. I just left this rescue note under the door. Help. Trapped in here with is egotistical hair crazed maniac a hyphenated word? Give me a break. Just trying to be a good boss. Well, a good boss doesn't go around screaming and insulting people. Well, what did I insult? Oh, you mean that crack about that clown outfit? That didn't offend you, did it? Why do you think I was sitting here all alone in a dark storeroom? Slack off and steal food? <laughs> No. Well, I mean, that occurred to me once I got here, but it really hurt my feelings. Really? Yeah. I'm sorry, Kimmy. I really worked hard on this uniform. I just wanted to look nice for tonight. 
big opening. Well, that, and I was hoping to meet a rich guy, get married, and get out of my biology test next week. Right, Gimme, I was, I was a jerk. I mean, you know, I opened this club so everyone would have a good time, and I ended up making everyone miserable, including myself. It's okay, big guy. Just go ahead and cry. Just let it all out. I'm not crying. I'm dripping. I did not. Not you. <laughs> no, it was a drip from this, uh, this air conditioning vent. He did not know the talent that that lie in her bedazzling wand. I was gonna say, like, that's like one of the first or few times that Kimmy like has is allowed to show human feelings and like how like they treat her like garbage. Right. And- but I- I hate feeling things for Kimmy. <laughs> no, my friend, um, earlier, I'm pre-recording all these episodes, and, like, a few weeks ago, I recorded with um, Molly McClear, and she was like, Kimmy Gibbler is the most hated, unreasonably hated character in sitcom history, basically. Mm-hmm. Because it's, like, it's an un- unreasonable amount of hate that she gets. But the range like, it's not proportionate this- to her level of annoying. Yeah, absolutely. They hate that girl. Because, like, yeah, she's, like, Jazz getting thrown out of the house in Fresh Prince. But, like, she has a major role in these stories. And, like, that that just designates the range of this show. Because it's, like, you know that she's the one that you're supposed to hate. Meanwhile, in this cathartic moment, you start realizing, oh, shit, like, I feel bad for Kimmy. So... But of course, she turns it around and she makes it a Kimmy moment because she's like, well, I just came here tonight because I thought I was going to meet a rich guy, get married and then get out of my biology test next week. And I was like, oh, come on, perspective. Yes, honestly. Like, that's yeah. She's a woman who knows what she wants. Um. So they have that notice, and he like he admits that he's being a drip. I'm also gonna play a clip of the talk because that's like a big part of this. Um, and then they notice a drip from the vent, and that it could be a way out. Um, so he like climbs up to get out of the air vent, and he was like, I, don't, "I hate to say this, but you have to help me." And he Kimmy gets to push his tush up the vent. Yeah, she like warms up her hands. It's a great moment. It is a great moment. She's she's been waiting for that. I mean, obviously, yeah, but if nothing else, like she gets to touch his butt. Like it was everything else was a waste, but it ends well for her, I guess. It's just great though. She is a predator, him. though. Like Kimmy oh. is. Like, <laughs> I Kimmy, defend her, but she is an active predator. A sexual predator. She's a deviant. Like, she's a sexual deviant. Yeah, I bet she has like a. I haven't watched Fuller House. I have like not brought myself to it, but what in my mind happens is she has like a sex room in her house. <laughs> she should. I mean, I've seen Fuller House. I don't, I don't think they, I haven't only seen like three episodes. So I don't think they've shown her house, but I feel like she does have like a room. Well, they can't show her house because she has a room. Because she has a room. Duh. We like, we know we get like, Why it. would she not? Honestly? Yeah, it is true. Like she definitely has a room. She has like a, a dedicated room like she got she got a house specifically because they had an extra room for that purpose yeah exactly she like converted the fourth bedroom didn't need that so sure do your thing girl i think um thriving right now so she 
they start to climb out this air vent, basically. And then we just like flash back to the club where R.E.M. is performing and get into these outfits, honey. It's like these 80 year old women in like a neon blue corset and sequin mini skirt. Honestly, just killing it. Um, And the song that they're singing, you know. I feel, like fine, cause I, I feel like because I feel like we're biased or maybe I'm biased because I like grew up in around country music and I'm like, oh, for sure. I see the value in it. I see the value. And also, yeah, it was a tough crowd because all that needed was like a Tay Keith beat under it and it would span multiple tastes. I think it was really not as bad as these. I would have enjoyed myself. Yeah, I would have enjoyed a nice drip coffee and REM for sure. But, you know, I wasn't cast. They didn't ask me. But then these, um, like, really rude Greenlandian people? Yeah, sure. Greenlandish no. people? Is that what you call them? Green Lantern? I don't know. Green not. Lantern people? These Green Lanterns got really <laughs> angry and booed them. And so sad. these women recover like queens. They, they went did. in to whip it. Yeah, they were like, and all right, like, you like don't a, want that? I don't know what, like a, what kind of genre this would be, technically, but they, they remixed Whip It to suit their needs I said suit their it. needs you know why because they're some badass bitches they weren't going to cry about it like Uncle Jesse they're they, like no no we got this We've yeah. been, they've been through this before I feel like honey they said I'm about to just change directions that's all they know <laughs> damn man so then um, we start to see Uncle Jesse or who realizes it who points him out that he's coming um i think it's michelle yeah so they like say they mentioned something about uncle jesse again and they're like well i think he'll be able to see it himself and then suddenly he starts d- descending from this he descends and makes his like grand iconic stunning revolutionary transformative transcendent entrance <laughs> never been done like before slowly turning and it's like going with like he like lets his body flow with the turning disco ball it's glorious Listen, I got to say this. If Vine were like still a thing, what you need is him spinning on this disco ball like slowly like that with the transition from Frank Ocean Pyramids part one into part two playing while he just comes down from the ceiling. And then when he lands is when like part two starts. I've thought about when I post this episode. You said what? I might make that and put it on my Instagram when I post this episode. Hey, free ideas. Um, Obviously, I've thought about my own stripper entrance before, and it just perfectly fit this. So I was like, yep, pyramids. There it is.
Yeah. So I I was watching the first time that I watched the episode, I was at work and the people who were like sitting next to me, they were like, what are you watching? I was like, is art. This, is this safe for work? Honey, he looks like a high class hooker. Like, I kind of want that. Now it's talking about art. I want that painted. Like a large painted version of that descent on my wall. I love it. Are you, but Fucking are you going to go? Of it. What, but like, yeah, what kind of adaptation are you going to go? Are you going to go realism? Cubism, maybe. I think cubism, maybe. Do you know Abstract. what I'm imagining? Do you know, this is going to be hard for me to describe, but in my head, I see it. It's either like a gif or it's like a video, but it's like a fat chicken dancing on a stripper pole. Oh, yeah. Have you seen the one of the bunny dancing on a stripper pole? Oh, for sure. Like that, like that. I love that. Yeah, if you could maybe draw Uncle Jesse in the style of that fat chicken or the bunny. Yes, please, someone do that. Yeah, I mean, I'm just an art curator. Like I said, I'm just the idea guy. Someone else, I'm delegating this You're delegating, putting it to the universe and asking. Look at me, look at me asking for help. (laughs) I can't. So that was the best part of the episode, obviously. Um, Danny Tanner's clearly still on coke the next part of my notes says okay honestly where the fuck are the twins <laughs> um, all right because like they go back like it it ends really like, there's not no moment with him in the club it just ends with them back at home and yeah they don't yeah. even mention like rushing to see the, the twin to see if they're okay or alive it's they like, no, say just, like, hanging out. nothing like they they were clearly at the club like all night and then they get back home. Michelle falls asleep on the stairs. We can assume that it's pretty late and there is no babysitter mentioned. There is no like babysitter leaving when they come home. Like literally the twins were forgotten. They were there. No, they like they, I think to go back to the house theory, like they don't like outsiders in the house. Maybe they couldn't find someone who like was house approved. And comment was like the next best thing to like make sure the twins didn't die. And they just like damn comment. I was about to say, is comment in the last part of the when they come home? No. Damn. <laughs> where is the kids? Like probably have to like change diapers or something or feed them. He's busy. Where where is the continuity? <laughs> didn't one of y'all PAs on this show say, Oh, you know what? We need to just add a line about the twins. Just one line. I just knew we were going to reference the kids when we got home, but I guess not. Like, no. You're like, oh, <laughs> good luck. Yeah, I just thought that was really weird. Um, okay, sure. Obviously, the moral of the story is like, um, get a babysitter and ask, ask for, like, for that help. Goes into the ask, ask for help. I think the moral is like, yeah, ask for help, which includes getting a babysitter. Yeah, maybe there was no babysitter because Jesse couldn't even do that. Oh, what yeah. can't he do? Yeah, Um, Becky put it on him to get a babysitter. And he was like, yeah, yeah, I got it, I got it, I got it. Yeah, he like put it on his to-do list and let it get swallowed by. Becky Becky doesn't know that he didn't get a babysitter. She goes upstairs and is horrified. (laughs) Right, like she just comes home thinking there's been a babysitter the whole time. She comes home like, what the fuck are the kids? Like the kids like shrunk themselves and like whatever else happens in a Disney movie when the parents leave. Like, I don't fucking know. Like, oh, it's like chocolate flour everywhere. The yeah, soiled. The dogs <laughs> freaking out. Yeah, comments like making them give him treats and all kinds of shit. I uh, cannot. 
yeah, like they have like the second talk where like Jesse finally apologizes for being a jerk. Guys, I don't know what to say. This was this was the greatest night of my life. I mean, everything was perfect once the room stopped spinning. <laughs> Listen, uh, I'm sorry I was such a jerk. I promise, no more bossing people around. No more insulting people like I, like I did with you, Kim. Aw, you big sentimental lug. <laughs> ah, what the heck? No, Uncle Jesse! We've lost him to the dark side. And he actually hugs Kimmy in this part. Yeah, right? So touching a moment. This has never happened before. But Stephanie has a problem with it. Like I said, it's like he has a disease now because he touched her. Right. He's, she's like, you've gone to the dark side. And so rude. How rude. And then, yeah, the family turns in for the night. And then J- Danny still has his moment, like his final moment with him, like still jonesing, jonesing for some board games. And then like slowly making their way upstairs. And he's like pulling out Twister and like he plays Twister by himself at the end. That's how it ends. Danny that's playing how, Twister by himself. That's how I oh. imagine like it how it actually ends for the actors as well they probably like go off to their trailers and danny's like come on guys don't you want to party come on yeah depending on like what but when they were like partying and that's stuff, yeah definitely like i mean this motherfucker was filming america's funniest home videos and all kinds of stuff like literally on the same days like he was a hundred percent on coke just to like manage his life was coke. say what was it was adderall a thing oh i don't know when did Adderall become a... I don't know. No. I just work here. I, I, I'm I, not sure. But I think... Wasn't the 90s, though, when... Wait, this came out in 87? When was this episode? This episode was 96. Oh, just kidding. I think I'm looking at this the year for, like, the series itself. Yeah, like, this episode was, like, 95. <clears throat> I mean... No, no, no. 94. I'm just saying, like, that kind of money and that kind of access and the fact that this was, like, what, right after the 89, 90s, like... Oh, 93. It was November 1st, 1993. Damn. Hulu told me that. Shout out to Hulu. Yeah, I... I'm sorry. There's no way, like, unless he was... mm -mm, He was was on something. (laughs) I mean, he's referencing something. I also asked Melita this the other day. Um, I I downloaded TikTok to be ironic, and I actually like really like it. Um, Girl, it doesn't fill the void that Mark does. But Wait, let me. I'm gonna send you. I'm gonna like curate some things to show you. Oh please, please, they are because artists. Then- it is transcendent. Like it is. There's some serious buying energy going on with some of these people. Send me those because I need to like more things like that with my sort of vine humor because right now the algorithm just thinks that i like dogs which i do no, 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 no. i mean yeah that's cute there's a lot of cute animal videos but girl uh, okay i'll it's there's yes please there. hook me up curate my tiktok um I yeah i i want to do that I downloaded this the other day just thinking like, oh, maybe I'll, you know, watch it as I lay in bed about to go to sleep in the same way that I did with Vines in the same way that I, you know, um, managed my own depression. So I was like, let me do this again. And I downloaded TikTok and on the For You page, I found this video of Bob Saget 
singing. Oh, fuck. What was he lip syncing? Some like, you know, young kid fuck boy song. Like, I want to. Was uncomfortable. Yeah, it was very cringeworthy, and he was on the set of Fuller House as it was happening. Because you but can, also, you know what? Old people love TikTok. Like every generation is really into it. Like unironically, so he wasn't like trying to be young. He was like genuinely just like jazzed about whatever he was singing. Because, but whatever. I can't remember now what he was singing, but the thing that he was singing was one of those like pop page, like young kid songs. Like I want to say it was like crew gold link. She see money all around me. I look like I'm the man. And yeah, I was yeah, like, that's, that's one of the memes going around TikTok. It's kind of an old meme on TikTok, but yeah. It's yeah, it is old. Um, but yeah, that's again one of those like pop page esque songs, and I'm like, you don't know that song. You only know that song because of TikTok. So WYD, Grandpa. I don't know. I'm still attracted to him. Girl, I cannot with you. I understood that you were attracted to Danny Tanner, but like Bob Saget, he has moments when he's going live on Instagram where I just like it just warms my heart. You're talking about today, this to this day. I have daddy issues. <sighs> I have daddy issues. Hey, hey. That's all. I I appreciate a woman who can tell it like it is. I mean, I'm not going to act on anything. I I recognize what this is. I'm not like, I know what this is. I see what it looks like. She said, who are we kidding? (laughs) Oh, my God. I love that you're like embracing it though. The only like real example of daddy issues that I've ever seen firsthand are from a friend of mine that I know. And she would like, <sighs> I mean, I could never drag her for that kind of filth. Like she would have to pay me my $250 an hour and sit down on my couch before I <laughs> her how it was. <laughs> She's no, not ready. She's not ready. No, I know. I, I mean, that's why I'm in therapy. I pay someone to like dissect so I can see it and not. Hey, I get it. In a happy way. I get it. Yeah. I really want, I really want someone to just tell me about myself, you know, in therapy, I feel like I do a lot of talking. So I really just want someone to tell me about myself. So I'm like, who does that? Is that like a, a psychic? Is that like someone who can read my birth it's chart? It's a life coach. I've got a life it's like, coach. It is a life coach. Yeah. Okay. Fair. It's like how you went to Oprah one time, like an Oprah special and like basically brought her life coach on her and like her life coach basically sat there and dragged her. <laughs> Yes, but that's what you need. It's like, hi, yes, I came for the dragging. Um, where do I sign up? Like, how the oh fuck? yeah, like it's like there's that meme with Gabrielle Union was like, did you get money from that? Oh yeah, did you Feel get? Better? Did you get the girl? Did you get the car? Did you get the house? Yeah, that's her. That's what her life to- coach told her after she dragged somebody at a party. Yes, bitch. I never understood the context of that, but like, I see people use it under the pick me. Um, you know tweets and shit yeah that's her life coach so i think that's a life coach that does that damn that, like dress. my therapist doesn't like do that she's like looks at me like sad when i say something it's like oh i guess that's wrong yeah they'll stare at you kind of disapprovingly and like ask you a question about what you're thinking in that moment like, and, like, like that why like <laughs> yeah it's like girl i don't know why that's why i'm here the fuck oh, okay okay i think we're done i think we did it 
I think we you are done. I think we did it. Um, it was it was a great moment. I'm so glad that you had me back. And honestly, like whenever you need this, um, I'm happy to help. I'm happy to judge fashion choices from the early 90s while you tell me about how it thematically fits the uh, fanfic theory that you have. Yeah, and I, and I like that you don't watch it. So it's like fun to like see someone who like isn't in the world, like experience the chaos. So thank you. Yeah, for sure. I just, you know, all I can give you is a fresh pair of eyes and my thoughts. Do you want people to follow you on social media? Do you want to give your ads? Honestly, I have enough friends, but thank you. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, sure. Girl. I need to be better, honestly. I need to be more consistent, but I'm also trying to be, like, mentally stable. So um, you can follow me on everything at Jewish Jen. It's J-E-N, like one N. And um, yeah, Twitter, Instagram, Venmo, Cash App. It's all Jewish. Yes, get the brand strong. Pay her. Honestly, pay her. <laughs> if you laughed once during this episode, you have to pay her now. Oh my so. God, stop it. But like, keep going. <laughs> um, no, yeah, there was, there was a quote from a, a Springer teacher, actually, who like taught me find what you're good at and stop doing it for free so ma'am we're both gonna get there that's a word a word honey a word he said find what you're good at and start asking these motherfuckers for a check (laughs) he was like stop doing shit for free i said oh thank you for that i needed that Right. And I mean, honestly, it's the wild, wild west out here. Anything goes. People are getting paid to play The Sims all day. So like the world, the world. Of that. I got a capture card. I, I, I'm on Twitch now. Oh, are you? Yeah. Well, shout I'll out to you know Twitch. When I go live. Oh, I'm not, I'm not, I haven't set up my channel yet, but I have like, oh, I'm giving a capture card and stuff to start streaming. Sims, I love it. So. Hey, you let me know. Cause I'll be there for sure. Just like chill, relax, and play Sims. Like watch me ruin lives. Hell yeah! All the mods I got on them shits. My people going crazy. I don't have mods because I'm. Oh yeah, your PS4 life. Yeah, but it's great. It's a big screen. I love it. So, anyway, we're done now. Thank you so much for listening. Um, I'll see you next week. Bye. I love you.